This year has us all wanting to be healthier, and that includes our eye health. But how do you get vision coverage if you're retiring? It's actually pretty easy. VSP, the vision coverage many people get through work, offers individual vision plans. Enroll anytime, on any device, and start using your benefits the same day. You don't need to be an employee to get employee-level vision coverage. Visit VSPDirect.com today. That's VSPDirect.com. You know, as different as everything seems this holiday season, one thing still holds true year after year. Everybody loves holiday scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. And with tickets available from $1 to $20, they're the perfect gift for anyone on your list 18 years or older. So, stay safe this year and play it safe with your gift-giving. Give scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. Hey gals, welcome back. Today I chat with Rachel Hyams, a production assistant at the podcast network Dear Media. Rachel spills the deets on how she got her job, what a production assistant does, and about moving from the east to west coast for work. She also chats about Betches Who Eat, the Instagram food account that she started in 2014 and has since blown up. And heads up, the aesthetic is yummy AF, so definitely check that out. So for anyone who isn't familiar with Dear Media, it's a podcast network that focuses on female voices. It's the home to so many incredible shows, including some that I listen to on a daily basis, including The Skinny Confidential, I Love You So Much with Kenzie Elizabeth, Not Skinny But Not Fat, and You're Gonna Love Me with Katie Maloney from Vanderpump Rules. As always, if you like today's episode, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And as always, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Working Gals Guide. All right, gals, you're going to love today's episode with Rachel. She is awesome. So you can find everything about her in the show notes and make sure to follow her Instagram accounts as well. All right, now let's get into it. All right. Hey, everyone. How's it going? Hope you're having a lovely week. I'm here today with Rachel, who has an amazing job. I am so excited to hear her story. So Rachel, thank you for being here. I am so pumped. Yes, of course. And thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. Of course. Um, So as we hop into it, Rachel, do you mind just giving us a quick intro of yourself, a little bit about you, where you're from and what you do? Yeah, for sure. So my name is Rachel Hyams. I just graduated I guess in May feels like forever ago, but from Michigan State University with a bachelor's in journalism, a minor in sports broadcasting, and two concentrations in sports reporting and broadcast journalism. Throughout my time at Michigan State, I worked alongside with Big Ten Network in the Student U program, and I worked as a sideline reporter as well as a production type of person who helps in the control room and help also with the reporter, which was really cool to see both sides and how to work around and navigate the different types of um, jobs and roles that you find in the sports world. And then I just um, started about a month ago, my full-time job as a production assistant with Dear Media, which is a all-female-based production company out in West Hollywood. I am from New Jersey, went to school at Michigan State, and now I'm going to be moving out to California in just a few short days to be... um, my to, for my full-time job which is crazy yes. amazing <laughs> yeah. so have you actually been out to dear media before did you interview there or was it completely online that you did the interview process 
So everything was remote as far as the interview process. I had reached out to Michael Bostick, the CEO of Dear Media, and I reached out to him on LinkedIn back in February, which was crazy because now it's July and I'm almost a month into my full-time job with Dear Media. So I kind of just reached out and expressed my interest of how much I wanted to be working with Dear Media. And then from that, I got in touch with the executive production assistant, like the team there. And then I was able to um, land the job, which was amazing. Oh, that's awesome. So you kind of knew even before you graduated that you wanted to work at maybe a podcast production agency, which is great. Because my question was going to be, why did you (laughs) want to pivot from the sports industry? Because you also did some education in that, which you just mentioned. So what made you want to pivot from that, especially having some internship and work experience in that industry to going over to this amazing female-based podcast network? So I feel as if when you go into journalism, you have to really expand your knowledge on different platforms, how you're able to, you know, as a journalist, your main job is to work with people and try to tell their stories in ways that they potentially couldn't be able to. And when I started school freshman year, I really saw podcasting as this platform where it's growing, it was expanding. And four years later, that was, that's held true. You know, it's such a way, it's such an exciting and unique way to be able to tell stories mm-hmm. and, you know, share ideas. Mm-hmm. And I listened, I started listening to Dear Media when they first started a few years back and the podcast that were being produced by them. And I really connected on a personal level. And it doesn't say that, you know, maybe, I mean, Gabby Reese, she's incredible. She has a podcast with Dear Media. She's amazing. You know, she's a, she's a Bible player. She's still, you know, juggles around with that. So I think that you're able to work and take your skills and the things that you um, have passion for and also kind of shift it into that. And that's kind of why I went into Dear Media because everything they do produce and the content that is put out them is so, you know, just unique. It's so inspiring and it really, it's a positive place to be involved in. Mm-hmm. Was there a particular podcast that really inspired you to want to say, hey, I'm actually going to look up Michael on LinkedIn and then <laughs> message him? Or was it just an overall, like kind of all-encompassing love for podcasts in general? So I, I mean, I, I will say I definitely listened to the Skinny Confidential. That was definitely mm-hmm. the first one that I started listening to. And that was one of the first that they kind of incorporated with into your media. And then after that, I just fell in love with listening to them and really being you know, immersed in what they're trying to tell me. And I, then when I was interviewing, I kind of told them, I was like, every single time I've listened to one of your podcasts being produced, I feel as if I can relate. And I was like, I don't know why, but like every single time it was out on that Monday, I was like, I listened to it on that Tuesday. And like, I'm just like, how did you know this was going on in my life? Or like, how do you know I needed this advice? So I just fell in love with the ones that they started to produce. And then Mm -hmm. after that, I really just wanted to understand more and kind of really get involved in the more audio side of journalism. Yeah. And without me making this 45 minutes of me just complimenting Dear Media, <laughs> um, I do want to quickly say I love the the set of shows they have. Absolutely every show they have is incredible. I first started listening to a couple here and there. And then from there, I realized all these ones that I love sit under the Dear Media umbrella. And then more and more, they started add, adding more podcasts to their to their network, essentially, including Taste the Taylor, which just came over. 
And I was a big Taysa Taylor fan beforehand. And it's like, yes. everyone I love has somehow ended up at Dear Media and I'm here for it. What can I say? It's incredible. So I do want to touch on the fact that, you know, you have this job right now, as you mentioned, production assistant. Um, but for anyone out there who doesn't quite know what a production assistant is, do you mind just breaking that down, what your day-to-day is? Yeah, for sure. So every job in journalism is going to be different when you hold a production assistant title because it can relate to audio, it can relate to TV. But as what I'm doing right now with the audio side, I'm working with the producers who help, you know, each producer has a set of shows and then I reach out to the producers every single day or they, you know, they let me know and I will help them with the edits of the shows. So I'm helping with the editing of the shows, I'm helping with the content edits, and I'm also helping with, you know, any edits that the talent would like to make to the show. And from that, I'm also helping with the onboarding. So I'm working directly with the talent and I'm working with the brands that reach out and trying to set up, you know, days that we can all hop on calls to learn more about the exciting brands that are being in partnership with your media and each talent. And that's kind of what I've been working with now. I know that when I I do get into the studio, it's going to be a little bit different because I'm going to be working directly with the talent, kind of setting up the studios, making sure that they understand how to, you know, sit there and and make the podcast as productive and as clean as possible when we're doing the audio so there's no like hiccups like don't lay on the mic or don't breathe into the mic heavily so I'll kind of like rely rely that message to them when that time does come. Makes sense and was this a lot of things that you learned during school or is a lot of this also learning on the job right now? I think I told Michelle, who's my, um, like the executive producer. Mm-hmm. And I really told her, I was like, I think I've learned more in the past month than I have at school <laughs> or the past four that. years. Yeah. So yeah. I think I've, I've learned a lot, especially since I've never worked with audio before. Mm-hmm. I, I truly have, I truly was a very video based person when it came to working with the production or like journalism side of things. I was working very like solely based on video because as a silent reporter I was doing that or like I was working with doing stand-ups for like my journalism classes but besides that this is the first time that I've ever really touched audio Mm -hmm. and learned how to edit from there so it's really exciting to be able to learn something in this time span and then be really confident while doing it as well. In terms of a production assistant versus a producer what is the main difference between those two different roles? Yeah, so I, as a production assistant, I'm helping. So I'm not assigned any shows yet, but in the future, hopefully I'm able to really clean up and understand the skills of editing a podcast from start to finish. And as a producer, you're assigned your own shows. So you're working solely with the talent, you're assigned your shows and you're going to edit the shows that you're assigned with. But as a production assistant, I'm helping the producers with the shows they are assigned with. So hopefully Mm -hmm. I'll be assigned shows soon. Yes. Yes. Makes sense. And I don't know if you can tell me this, um, but so far, have you worked with all the different shows that Dear Media has, or have you been working primarily with a couple? Can you let us know what those shows are? So I've, yeah, it's fine to, it's yeah, fine to say, okay. yeah, I'm assuming so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I, so I've worked, um, I worked on the Papaya podcast a few times. I worked on Gabby Reese. I worked on Absolutely Not, which is Heather's podcast. She is the funny, oh my God, she's hysterical. And like Mm -hmm. Edania is so entertaining. Um, I worked on with Whitney Ports a little bit. So yeah, I've I've touched on a couple, but I'm excited to be able to get into studio because I think I'll be able to work on more because I'll be working, Mm -hmm. you know, every single day with the people who come in 
which will be exciting. Yeah, that's awesome. And do you ever talk directly with, um, I would say, the hosts of the show? So for example, Heather McMahon, have you talked to her over a Zoom call? What's that process like? So you're not really speaking to them, I guess, over Zoom. It would just be if I have a question, like when I'm doing the onboarding, when I speak to the talent, and then I speak to the people that need to be you know, connected with the brands that are being in partnership, I guess that's how I would get in contact with them. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Makes sense. And you mentioned before that you've done some sports reporting, which is of course in front of the camera, but now you're almost Mm -hmm. behind the camera, behind the microphone, I guess you can say it as well, Um, you know, producing, which is awesome. But for yourself, did you know you wanted to go into um, a role that was not in front of the camera, in front of the microphone, I guess you can say again, and more so in the producing side, or was that more something that you just kind of fell into when the job opportunity came up at Dear Media? I always knew that I didn't want to go the local route of TV news, which is what a lot of journalism students do. They move to maybe a tinier market in a different state, and I always knew that I wanted to be focused in more and be in a company where I can thrive in any position, Mm -hmm. and if that meant that I was working on the production side, that means I'm going to be working on the production side. I kind of focused in more into, I want to work for an amazing company and whatever position I'm in, I can work my way up or, you know, you can, you can maneuver in that sense. But I knew that I, the the local news route just was not the route I wanted to take. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be in a, in a big city and I wanted to be doing, you know, whatever, whatever made me the happiest. And it just found that being a production assistant for the time being and hopefully being, you know, evolving in that role and working with your media for forever, you know, hopefully that will be the position that we'll be taking. Yeah, of course. And I think you kind of said something there that I think is very important. The fact that it's important for people to apply to companies where they actually want to be at and feel like they're going to be there for a long time. I've worked at companies with amazing corporate cultures, and I can Mm -hmm. tell you right now, it makes you want to work hard. You enjoy yourself. Yes, it feels like work because you still have to put some effort in, but it's enjoyable work. And it's the kind of work that you want to actually tell other people about. You want to go home and tell your parents. You want to tell your friends. You actually want to make friends with your coworkers as well. And you want to be the most productive self you can when you're there, when it's a good culture. And I feel like Dear Media has done an incredible job of building that and fostering that. And I guess my question for you even though you haven't actually been in the headquarters, you haven't actually interacted in person, has that culture still came through um, for you at this point a month in, even though you've done everything online and remotely? Definitely. It definitely has, you know, going back to what you said, it's so important to be in a position where you're having fun, you know, and like my dad said the same thing, but kind of what you said, like, it's a job, you know, you're still going to have to work hard, but it's so important that you're having fun. And while you're having fun, you're learning and you're making these connections Mm -hmm. in the position that you're holding, no matter what type of title it is, or what type of career path you're taking, you should always notice that a job should always be hard because you're learning constantly every single day. But you should also know that you should be having fun with it. And if you're not having fun, then it, it gets hard because you're like, oh, I want to leave. I want to go home. Yes, but yeah. I have felt that Dear Media has done such an incredible job with mm-hmm. making sure that the time that I'm learning remotely and the time that I'm also editing, I'm learning, but I'm also having fun with it. So yes, mm-hmm. going back with what you said, they've done an incredible job with, with that. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Has there been other people around your age, kind of just graduated university, who've also been able to just start at Dear Media? And are, if there is, are you excited to meet those individuals and kind of bond together as the new employees? Or do you know if you're the only one around your age that just graduated that just got a job? I want to say that the company is really tiny. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be the only production assistant in the next few days or next few mm-hmm. weeks, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I think around my age um, in the production title, I think I'm the only person, but I do know there are people around my age and like maybe the sales and marketing that, mm-hmm. that I'm really excited to meet, but they have been here for a few months. So I think I'm the only person who has just started around my age. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and just like, started as in, you know, this week or like yes, last month. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, California is a great place to be. I'm sure you're excited to make the move, but it was a difficult decision to to even apply at Dear Media, knowing you'd actually have to move states and not even just states, but from one coast to another, that's a massive move. And I assume you're leaving family, friends, all of it. So mm-hmm. what kind of decision was that? Was it a difficult process or an easy one knowing what a great company Dear Media was? Last summer, I was out in LA. I was more towards Playa Vista, Marina Del Rey area. I interned at TMZ as a sports assignment person. So I was still there. I mean, that was only three months, but when I was there, I was like, I love it here. Mm -hmm. I love LA. I love the culture. I love the environment that I was in. It's so different than New York being from New Jersey. I've grown up, you know, in New York, I've grown up going there every single weekend. So when I visited LA, I just felt something where it was like, I just would walk around every single day last summer. I'm like, I'm going to live here. I know I'm going to do it. I manifested Mm -hmm. it. And it just so happened that Dear Media was a company that was based in West Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And I had such a like drawn attraction to working for them. And I just, I don't know, my parents are obviously so happy and my family so happy that I'm able to really say that I can chase my dreams. I can do something that I love. And I set myself up for that the past four years. You know, Mm -hmm. I worked hard. I was able to understand how to make connections, how to interview people, how to like just have a conversation and through those skills that I've been able to to really work on, that's what kind of led me to Dear Media. So I'm really excited. And I know that obviously it's a plane ride away, obviously from the East Coast. I'm really going coast to coast here. But I'm able to, you know, visit my family when time is and when mm-hmm. and they're able to visit me vice versa. Yeah, for sure. And the fact that you've been able to be in California already, do an internship there, that's incredible. Congratulations. I mean, thank you extremely cool job working at (laughs) amazing yes it was cool (laughs) yeah you have any tips though for anyone who potentially is moving states or even just cities um maybe even countries who knows but any tips for people that are potentially moving for work trying to build a life in a new spot they don't have family and friends built in how are you able to maybe build those relationships with your coworkers and also kind of build a group around you when you were in california last year Definitely. So I met this girl, Danny, on Instagram last year, and I kept in touch with her. She lived in Hollywood, West Hollywood. And from that, we became really, really close. So I'm really excited to see her within the next few days when I move back out there. So I would say, you know, find people on Instagram. Don't be afraid to reach out and be like, hey, do you want to meet for drinks? Do you want to meet for dinner? Do you want to meet for brunch? Like, don't be afraid to reach out because that's potentially or is how they made friends as well when they moved out there. So I would just say, be open to new opportunities, be open to meeting new people. Don't limit yourself to 
you know, certain plans, you know, it doesn't mean that you have to go out and spend money and get drinks and get dinner. That also can mean if you're somewhere where it's nice outside, like, hey, let's go to the beach. Let's take a hike, you know, where it's all free. That's all things you can do for free. Mm -hmm. So just don't be afraid to reach out to people. It's not silly. Don't be embarrassed. Like everyone was in that position once where they had to make new friends in a new environment. Mm -hmm, Definitely. And I feel like California is one of those spots, particularly, I would say like West Hollywood, LA area, that a lot of people aren't necessarily born and raised there. It's almost like a place that a lot of people move to. Just go to, yeah. Yeah. So it's like everyone's kind of coming without family and a built-in group of friends and without your high school friends and all of that. So mm-hmm. everyone's been, like you said, in the same boat and everyone is trying to kind of build their community around them. So I'm sure people are always very receptive when you reach out to them. And how'd you find Danny, by the way? Was it just someone that you'd been following on Instagram or yeah, how'd that come about? So I have a food account, Betches to Eat, and I was mm-hmm. posting things that I had ate at in Nobu. And that was, so I visited California in March and I got an internship in May. And that was like, I visited California for the first time in March. So I was just like posting Betches to Eat on, like an, a picture on Betches to Eat. And it was from Nobu when we went there in Malibu, me and my boyfriend. And I was just going through the tags of people who also posted there and Danny posted there. So I was like, that is so cool. And I was like, I wanted to see, I asked some questions about the food and stuff. And then from then we became really, really close, which, Mm -hmm. yeah. So I honestly just went through Nobu (laughs) and who posted and who tagged Nobu. And then I saw she did and I asked her a few questions and then we met, um, we met for lunch that summer a few mm-hmm. times. And then she, we were just talking about, it. I was like, oh, I'll see you when I'm like next year, when I move out there and I ended up mm-hmm. moving out there. So that's how I met her. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Nobu has good food and good friends. We'll put it that way. Yes, awesome. Definitely. And by the way, your food account is great. I was like, Thank look, you. I was scrolling all the way through. I'm like, this is making me hungry. Like, <laughs> go out and go to a restaurant and you know, it looks amazing. I love it. Um, You've grown it so amazingly and it's curated so beautifully as well. It just, everything is great about it. How'd that come about? And when you started the account, did you know you wanted to make it account where, you know, a lot of people are just coming to look at food or was it more so kind of like one of those fun kind of side accounts and spam accounts that you started that actually grew into something bigger? So I started it in 2014. And when I started it, I, I mean, I was one of the first, you know, maybe a hundred people who were posting food pictures on their normal account. Mm -hmm. So my friends were like, why don't you just make a food account? So I made a food account and I kind of was just tagging, like I was, I was telling people like tag bitches to eat on your food pictures. So then I would repost their pictures or like post pictures that I was posting. And then I had that for, you know, since 2014. And then I want to say maybe, you know, just a few months ago, after taking some time off from posting from it, I was shifting it more towards this, what I believe in now, what I practice every single day, like healthy eating and really just making sure you're fueling your body with the best ingredients and things that make you feel good. So then I think I shifted it more towards this page and account where I'm posting pictures where, you know, it's things that I'm eating, not things that other people are eating or Mm -hmm. like kind of what I'm doing during the day and like my workout. So I really shifted it more towards and like gearing it more towards things that I'm really passionate about. Mm -hmm. And you picked a good name, by the way, Betches Who Eat is a great (laughs) name for an account. So I think you nailed that down. Um, (laughs) Actually, when I first saw it, I thought, I thought it was part of like the Betches, um, you know, because, you know, they have so many like the Bachelor Betches thing and like, you Mm -hmm. know, just everything. So 
I totally thought like you were just running that and like, I was like, she works at Betches, she works at Dear Me. What hasn't she done? <laughs> I know. Well, that's why I, when I started it, it's because I loved the Betches account. So I was like, I'll just make it Betches Who Eat. And I was like, I'm I, like, I probably, you know, maybe I could change it like to tailor it maybe more towards like the lifestyle I live now. But I'm like, why, why would I do no, that? I was like, that probably, they probably want it. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I haven't gonna... heard from them, but I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure one day they're going to come to you with a $2 million check saying, we'll, we'll pay you this yeah, in return for, for that, that handle. And you'll say, okay, sounds good. I'll take it. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. I'm just kidding. Yes, yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So a last couple questions, kind of like, I don't want to say rapid fire because you can definitely explain your answers, but they're kind of like yeah. quick fire questions. All right. Definitely. If you could be a guest on any podcast, part of the Dear Media family, what podcast would it be? that's so hard I feel like there's so many and they group them in like entertainment and they group them in comedy I would definitely say absolutely not I don't even have any comedy background but I just would love to be able to like have a conversation with her she is hysterical definitely the skinny confidential because they're able to provide advice to their audience whether it's you know health or it's just family type of advice or just like speaking and like having like a really organic fun conversation Mm -hmm. um I would definitely say those two are really really great but I mean any that we produce I would love to be able to have the opportunity to go on any of the podcasts produced by Dear Media Mm -hmm. yeah I agree they're all incredible and they all have like you said even though they're kind of grouped in umbrellas they all have their own very unique voices and just the way they speak the kind of interviews they do some of them of course are more solo so across the board they're all very unique even though they all kind of have that same core message which is empowering females which is incredible so it's almost like depending on what day you ask me, I'd pick a different podcast that I want. <laughs> Basically, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so next question, favorite podcast cover art out of any podcast you've ever seen, whether it's Dear Media or not? That is so hard. I know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I would maybe say maybe going back on um, cover art, I could say that I truly love I mean, I mean, I love all of their cover art. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also love all of their intros that they make. If you, if you listen to Dear Media podcast, they have like each host or talent has like their different intros and their different music choice that they have, which I think is also incredible. So I'm going to have to say, I really love all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Okay. Harkening back to your sports reporting and broadcasting days, what was your mm-hmm. favorite sport to report on? We didn't get access to football. So I, football is my favorite sport because Big Ten actually picked up football. But I had this really cool opportunity where I helped report for a game that was against the uh, Pistons and the Cavaliers. And I was able to interview Blake Griffin, which was so, so cool. So I would just say the tiny little experiences that I had at school, which were incredible. Um, I really did enjoy with Big Ten Student U reporting for basketball. That would probably be my favorite, though. Amazing. I love that. Also a big sports fan in general. So I definitely appreciate anyone who worked or has worked in the sports industry. Um, All right. Last question. Because you are, you know, this person who is a food blogger, you have an incredible food account. If you only were able to go to one restaurant for the rest of your life, what would it be? I know, tough question again. I'm sorry. Yes. No, it's fine. Oh, 
Okay. Can I give you like maybe a restaurant for each meal? Yes, do it. Okay, cool. So I'll base it out in LA because I mean, it's like mm-hmm. the foodie central. Mm-hmm. Um, I would definitely say Great White in Venice is one of my absolute favorites for like a type of brunch. Um, I love the Palm. So it's like a steakhouse. I don't eat steak, but I love, I'm like a pescatarian. So I love their salmon and I love their key lime pie and I love their espresso martini. So I would definitely say that for dinner. Oh, my favorite, absolute favorite. And then I guess I, I added in the brunch. So we just say brunch and dinner. I'm not a big breakfast person. So, yeah, yeah. but then I would say maybe for dessert, salt and straw. It's such a good ice cream place out in LA. So I definitely oh recommend those, those three. Language. Key lime pie. Oh my God. To die Espresso for, martinis. Yeah. Oh my, my gosh. Yeah. I'm going to move to LA just for the food. What can- come join. Come visit. You can visit. We'll go out to eat. We'll do all the fun stuff. 100%. I will be there. I'll take you up on this. I love it. Um, All right. Well, thank you so much for doing this. It's been so lovely to chat with you. And I love the story and how you started your work at Dear Media. I love the tips that you gave because I think there was a lot of good nuggets in there as well. Even just hearing your journey has been great. And I think very inspiring, not to just myself, but I'm sure everyone listening as well. So Thank thank you, Rachel, so much for coming. It's been so great to talk to you. Yes, thank you as well. You know, as different as everything seems this holiday season, one thing still holds true year after year. Everybody loves holiday scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. And with tickets available from $1 to $20, they're the perfect gift for anyone on your list 18 years or older. So stay safe this year and play it safe with your gift-giving. Give scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. Two kinds of bacon and all kinds of delicious. Say hello to Donato's new Bacon Duo pizzas. Two pizzas, each with two kinds of bacon. Try the new Pepperoni Bacon Duo with pepperoni, Canadian bacon, and hardwood smoked bacon. And the Chipotle Bacon Duo with Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Now get $2 off a large Bacon Duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. 